0: your Bibles with me to the book of Psalms, I'd like for us to read two verses of Scripture as a text today. I don't know what all's going on, if it's eating too much sugar or 46, but it's the sugar. Seems like the last little while my eyes have just making these pages get blurry. I, um, men's conference on Friday night, I was in my office before going over to the Grand Marais and I saw my glasses there, I thought. I picked them up, I put them in my pocket and then I thought, nah, I'm not gonna bring them. And would you know, the preacher had me read scriptures while he was preaching that night. And I'm telling you, I was just like, oh, help me, God, help me, God. (laughs) So you can believe I brought my glasses with me the next morning. Uh, But it's somehow reality setting in, and it's been hitting me the last little while. So if I look a little different this morning, just part of it, amen. Psalm 75, verse 6 through 7. Psalm 75, verse 6 through 7. The Bible says... For promotion cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge. He putteth down one, and setteth up another. Promotion. cometh not neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south but god is the judge he putteth down one and setteth up another as i was praying tuesday night and just talking to the lord this message came to me and began to stir in my heart and uh I wanna give it to you today. I really believe I have a word from the Lord. I, I believe this is a pastoral message. It's a pastoral message that will no doubt speak specifically to some of you where you are in your life. Although I don't know who all needs this. But I do believe also this is a message that you can take home with you. And it's something that you can contemplate and consider And it'll speak yet in the future in your life. And so I want to impart a good word to you this morning from the Lord. I just simply want to preach when God has another plan. When God has another plan. Uh, I want to say it's great to have the Stagalls with us. Uh, It's really refreshing and a blessing to be able to have you all home. And uh, uh, I would a lot rather him be preaching this morning, I'll be honest with you, uh, in that I believe he uh, prays, he seeks the mind of God. And I always want to take advantage of every opportunity we have to have ministry. Uh, but uh, I just feel like it's time to preach, and I believe I've got a word this morning to preach. So if the Lord wills, Brother Stegal will be preaching tonight... And uh, I appreciate their spirits and attitude. They have such wonderful spirits and attitudes. And uh, this is one thing my desire is, uh, as we continue through the years and God develops leaders and sends leaders out of this church and and people connect with this church, that this becomes their home home church for uh, basing out of and ministry and doing the work of God. I want this to be a, a place that is truly home for them. I want there to be a home feeling. I want them to be comfortable. I want them to be able to come here, and uh, if it's possible, let their hair down. But if not, just enjoy themselves. <laughs> um, and um, I, I'm grateful. I feel like this season is a, is a is ordained of God for brothers and sisters to Gaul to be here. And so sometimes I don't want them to to have to just preach and be under the pressure. I want them to come home and. And let the pressure off and, and be loved and, and and be family. And and uh, we just, we, we want you to know we love you. I, I really do. I feel I feel really strong in the Lord and I feel it's good that you are here. And uh, I love and appreciate you. We'll be talking about this some more in just a little while. Uh, but um, before we do that, let's go into the word of the Lord and let's ask God in prayer to help us. In the name of Jesus, God, I give you glory. I thank you for your anointing, Lord. I thank you for your spirit. I feel your power. I feel, God, your great love. I thank you, Jesus, for this good people. I thank you for this congregation. Oh, Lord Jesus, I thank you for what you're going to say to this people. I thank you for what you're going to do. Anoint my mind. Anoint my heart. Anoint my spirit. Let me be the vessel, the channel, the instrument, the tool that you want and you need me to be. Be glorified in and through my life in Jesus' name. Say what you want to say, oh Lord. Say what you want to say. Feed us, Lord. Feed us your good word in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. you may be seated. When we're through uh, with this message and responding to the Lord, we're going to have a special baby dedication today. And we're going to be dedicating uh, Brayson to the Lord. And uh, so I'm looking forward to that at the conclusion of this service. Speaking of getting older and having glasses, don't let me forget that. Praise God. (laughs) When God has another plan. When Joseph was just a young man, we don't know exactly his age, but God gave him dreams in which he quickly grabbed hold of and contemplated and freely shared with his family. It was dreams that had an obvious connotation that he was destined to be a leader and he was destined to be not just a leader, but a leader for his family even though he wasn't the firstborn, and even though he wasn't uh, appreciated by all the brethren because of his father's love and partiality towards him. But it was obvious through the dreams that God had a message that he was sending to Joseph that he was destined to be a leader. God did not let Joseph know in the beginning that he would be a prime minister, but there was in the dreams a sense of bowing down to him and people doing obeisance before him. The path to the fulfillment of those dreams Was not an easy road for Joseph to walk. Joseph was rejected by his brethren. He was sold as a slave. And he was just uh, despised, looked down on. But this is what we need to always remember he was a man of integrity. He was a man that loved God and a man that walked humbly and honestly with the Lord. He was a man that was committed to what was right. That's not always stated about Joseph, but it is apparent from how he lived his life as we read the story in the book of Genesis. Now, I know I'm starting slow, but this is kind of the way it is this morning. This... Joseph that we all know so well that's been around the church very long. We've learned about him since we were in Sunday school. This Joseph was a man that walked with integrity with God. Let me just say this. If God's got a plan for your life, he's going to get you there. You don't have to worry about what you're dealing with, what you have to face or what you go through, God's going to get you there. And let me just say this in the outset, that when God has a plan for your life, sometimes what you think God's plan is, is not God's plan. The best opinion you have concerning what God's will is your life, God can and will oftentimes exceed that. He's got a better plan. He's got a greater plan. And so sometimes we think that we have the mind of God when we don't have the mind of God. And we find out when life comes to its destined end that God has actually had a much greater plan than we could have ever imagined. And it's much more beautiful, no matter the path we had to walk to get there. And so God hand was upon Joseph, but more than that, when you read the story, you'll find how that the Lord said periodically in the word of God that people noticed, especially Potiphar, who was the master of Joseph when he was a slave, noticed that the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. It says it at least four times, and the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him, and he caused everything that he handled and dealt with to prosper. And so any, any duty that Joseph had, he could accomplish it, he would prosper in it, and the blessing of God would be obvious. It would, he would have more than, quote, normal success. It was obvious that this man is, has divine favor. And I want to stop right here and make this point is that if we want divine favor upon our life, it's going to be because we walk with integrity with God integrity and divine favor go hand in hand and arm in arm. And so if we want the favor of God, we got to serve him in public. We got to serve him in secret. We, we've got to serve him and love him with our whole heart at all times. We got to walk with character and integrity. Amen. It's, it's the, the favor of God's determined by our relationship with our cell phone sometimes. Because what we're reading, what we're engaging in, what we're, sometimes it's, it's, it's the people we work with and the relationships that we have and share. Integrity with God brings the favor of God. Amen. God can be with us, but He's not going to be able to continue to favor us if we don't walk with integrity. It's important that we walk with integrity in order for God to bring us to His desired end. And so it's important that I emphasize this morning that we serve the Lord in sincerity and in truth. That we don't just become men pleasers and 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 look like we serve the Lord. That we 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 don't just get the outside right, that we don't just look like Christians, but we're truly Christ-like in our heart and truly Christ-like in our spirit and Christ-like in our thinking and Christ-like in our character. And if we will walk with integrity with God, we will have his favor. And it doesn't matter who comes against us. It doesn't matter what unexpected issues, trouble, and trials, and problems of life that we have to go through and bear. We will get to the desired end that God wills us to be. It will happen. You don't have to worry about getting there. God will get you there if you'll maintain your relationship with him and your integrity with him. And so God eventually brought Joseph to his ultimate plan, and that is to be prime minister of Egypt. But it was more than just him becoming prime minister. God brought him to a place of prime ministership because he wanted Joseph to save his family. And so it doesn't matter what position God brings us to in life. It's not about the position. It's about what that position is going to enable us to do for the benefit of the glory of God and his people and in saving the world. And that is what Joseph's destiny brought him to. And that was ultimately prime ministership. But it was to save the world in a time of famine. And it was to save his family and further God's will in his family. And so whatever God brings me to in life in that his plan for me, whatever title that becomes, it's not about the title. It's not about the position, but it's about the work, the duty, the responsibility that he has given to me by bringing me to that place. I want to view it right. How about you? So I thought this week as I was praying about Joseph and how that when Joseph was overseer of uh, Potiphar's house, we're going to read a verse here, uh, but when he was overseer of Potiphar's house, he could have been become very contented in his place and his position in life. If you think about it in a humanistic point of view. Genesis chapter 39, verses 1, 2, and 3. I want to read them right quick. The Bible says here, And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. Notice, And the Lord was with Joseph, His brothers were against him, but the Lord was with him. You know what? It doesn't matter who's against us. What matters is God's for us, brothers and sisters. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was prosperous. He was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his house hand. Can we keep on going? And Joseph found grace in his sight and he served him and he made him overseer of his house and all that he had, he put in his hand. All that he had, he put in his hand. And so here he was a slave in the, the captain of the guard's house, So he goes from living in his country to Egypt, which speaks another language. He was a foreigner in another land where now he's a servant, and he has to now learn their language. He has to begin learning their customs. He has to begin learning the way they do things, their culture, their mannerisms. And so he goes from his comfortable world, so to speak, to a total another world, And he's just a slave, and so he has to deal with the attitudes of him being considered a slave. But yet again, because of his integrity and because of the way he, quote, does business, people begin to not just consider him a slave, but they begin to respect him. And somehow he gained their favor by having the favor of God. Gained favor with God and man. And... He just was promoted from just a mere slave doing menial tasks, washing people's feet, whatever, to now, before it was all over, he was administrator, the overseer of Potiphar's whole house. He was totally trusted. There was not anything that Potiphar owned that was not placed in his hands in oversight. As a matter of fact, Joseph was so trusted that Potiphar didn't even look at his books. Joseph was so trusted that Potiphar didn't even search out to make sure he was doing business right. He had that much confidence in Joseph. And so, by the time we get to the point to where Joseph is lied on uh, by Potiphar's wife, Joseph has been in Egypt for about 10 years. Now, can you imagine? After 10 years, he he is... respected by the captain of the guard he's learned the culture he's learned the language the whole household is now in his care he's he's living among the upper echelon of society i mean he's connected with the who's who so to speak i mean in 10 short years he goes from entering into a country where he didn't know the language he didn't know the culture and now he's already up in upper crust society and he can function there and he's respected there he's appreciated there he's he's been given duty and responsibility and and he's doing it so well that the man don't even look at his books this joseph could have felt a measure of success as a man as a as an individual he could have thought wow i could do this the rest of my life i mean he he was 17 when he was sold and now he, after 10 years, he's 27. And at 27 years old, I mean, he's, he's in the world of the people that's got it going on in society. And the ruling power. He could have been content there. I'm not saying he was. But I'm saying as a human being, he could have thought, wow, God has brought me a mighty long way. I've went from being rejected by my brethren to now being a powerful influence in in my world in Egypt. But you know what? God had another plan. That was not where God was going to leave him. What I'm trying to tell you is that there's places in life, there's jobs that we can get, There's, there's certain places in society that we can arise to we can get to places where we can look back and say, we've had a measure of success. We we know that, that God's been with us. It's only God that has brought us to where we are. And, and if, if we're not careful, when, when God begins to shake our world, so to speak, and he begins to, as an eagle stirreth up her nest as god begins to to rattle our cage and and there's still a there's there's still something within us that that's not satisfied and 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 we begin to sense hey there's more <laughs> there's more there's more there's more and 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 when we could we could be content where we are but god has a way of shaking us up god has a way of rocking our world god has a way of pulling the rug out from under us and sometimes if we're not careful again we could become content where god doesn't want to be content with a measure of success and we could become comfortable and, and Joseph could have become comfortable, but God had another plan. God had greater things. God had more glorious things. God has more wonderful things. And I think there's a place for contentment. But brothers and sisters, don't become bothered and don't become resistant to God if he decides when he brings you to a comfortable place to rock your world. Amen. And and sometimes it, it, it doesn't really look like God is bringing us to something higher and something greater and something better when he begins to rock our world because rather than bringing Joseph from Potiphar's house to prime ministership, God decides, well, the path that I'm going to choose for Joseph is going to be prison first. And so he brings us from a place of prominence. Sometimes he brings us down before he brings us back up to where he ultimately wants us to be. God uses unconventional manners to bring about his will. The path he uses is unconventional. The word unconventional means not conforming to accepted rules or standards. It would would be nice that if God has another plan if 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 I've known a measure of success and I've got integrity with God and I'm I'm doing my business right if God wants to bring me from being The head over Potiphar's house to becoming prime minister, you would think because I'm doing it right and I've got character and I've got integrity and and, and I'm being faithful to my God and I'm being faithful to my master and I'm resisting temptation that he would just look at all that good that I've become and all that good I am and he would ultimately bring me just straight from there to the prime ministership. But God doesn't do it that way. The path that God chooses for us is unconventional. And brothers and sisters, just like we can trust God in the good times, we've got to learn how to trust God in the troubled times. We can trust him when we're blessed, and we can trust him when we don't have as much as we used to have. We're still blessed. Because we still have our integrity and we still have our God. God is still in control of our lives. And if he brings us from a comfortable place to an uncomfortable place, let's trust him. He's got a better plan for our lives. Sometimes God uses the hard way to get us where he wants to go. He wants us like he did as he considered the Hebrews. He wants us to to go from Egypt to the promised land, but he's not going to take us on the shortest route, and he's not going to cause us to walk the easiest path. As a matter of fact, from the get-go, sometimes he'll put us in a tight place, just like he did with the Hebrews. And you say, why, Brother Townley? Why would God bring Joseph from Potiphar's house down to a prison where he's lied on? He's put in chains. And all he's done is been a man of integrity. How can this happen? How can you let these bad things happen to this good man? How can you do it? And guess what? Joseph has to spend three years In a prison. Suffering wrong, brothers and sisters, is a real deal. And the Bible said if we, for righteousness sake, for goodness sake, for doing good, suffer wrong and we take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. There's something about saying, God, you have a plan for my life. And I may not understand all of the trajectory. I I, I may have thought you were going to do it this way or that way. But somehow you, you have a way of altering the trajectory, the path that gets me the ultimate plan. And when God alters the trajectory of our lives unexpectedly, let's trust him. Let's keep our integrity with him. I think I could just sum it up by saying this. It's not just that God wants to get us somewhere. Are you going to hang with me through this message? It's not just that God wants to get us somewhere. Like he wants to bring the Hebrews from Egypt to the promised land. He's not just interested in bringing them from one place to another. God is not just interested in Joseph being uh, brought from being overseer to being prime minister. He's not just looking at positions and bringing a person from one place to another. What God is interested in and why God brings us the way he brings us is because in the process of getting us there to the place, God is also developing us into the individual that is necessary to be able to feel that position when God gets us there. And so that's the why God chooses the way he chooses to bring us to where he's bringing us in his ultimate plan. That's why sometimes he alters the plan and why, where we think we're just climbing the ladder of success. We're going to get on one rung and we're going to climb and just keep climbing and keep climbing. No, God will bring us all the way down to the bottom sometime and it will not make sense. We will never fully understand why God does the things he does when we're having to walk through it, but if we'll just keep walking with the Lord and trusting him and, keep integrity, one of these days we will look back and it will make sense. But initially it will not make sense. And so God charts the course for us. And he charts the course for us that will forge the most character while he's bringing us to the position that's going to require that kind of character for us to be able to fill that position well. So he does it to grow us before he gives us the position. He does have something better. But he's going to make us better while he's bringing us to the better place. Keep working in me. Keep working on me, Lord. Keep developing me. I'm going to have to help some people. I'm going to I'm gonna have to forgive my brothers one of these days when they bow before me And rather than cutting their head off. I better learn how to deal with some bitterness now of this woman lying on me. I better know how to deal with it now. Forgive and trust that God can work his will in my life no matter how evil people's being around me. I gotta believe it. No matter how selfish people are and self-centered they are, God's gonna bring me to my place no matter what kind of lies they tell. If I can learn to deal with it in the prison when I get to prime ministership, I can weep and cry with my brothers and hug their neck. And I can say, you're already forgiven. I love you. So God is interested. He's interested in developing us, growing us. I said it like this. I wrote it like this this morning. God is doing more than just getting us there. He is qualifying us for our position by the path that he's chosen for us to walk. The situations we go through, the things we deal with, he is using that path to qualify us for the position that he is having us to feel. He's developing the character necessary to fill the position he's bringing us to. He wants us to have certain qualities and specific character that's necessary to fill that position. That's why each of our individual journeys is entirely unique. Because he's got a particular style or, or foundation of character that he must have for you to be able to fulfill that plan. And so he's got you on your own journey. You can't judge your life or compare your life with other people's lives. You can't do that. God's got his own plan for your life. You're special to God, and he's got you destined to a unique place. And I'm going to tell you, we don't get to choose when we're broken. We just get to choose whether we're going to respond right to it or not. Sometimes God will do things gradually in our life, but sometimes God will do things suddenly just like Joseph's experience. That lady eyed him for a while, but the day that she really made the move on him and he resisted her and she turned and lied on him. That was a sudden thing. He goes to the prison quick. I'm going to tell you, God can break you and bring your world down quick. But just know, if God brings you to the place of brokenness, he's always going to be building you back up. It's never to destroy you, but it's to grow you. And it's to develop you. God is qualifying us by the path we walk. I saw this this week that blessed me. It said, the Lord intends to bring us into a place where not only our gospel message and teaching ministry are correct, but also the person behind the preaching and teaching is right as well. God's not interested in just getting you there. God is interested in you being ready when you get there to do what he needs you to do. He'll take out of you what he needs to take out of you. He'll put in you what he needs to put in you. But he's going to bring you through that hard way so that you won't fail when you get there. You won't be selfish. You won't be self-centered. It won't be all about you. It won't be about the clothes you wear, the people you hang out with, or the chariot you ride around in, or how beautiful your horse's array is. No. No. He's got a bigger plan. It's more than all that. I got a world to save. I got a family to preserve. And that's what it's all about. God's got me on a mission. He's bringing me to a place. Somebody ought to say today, God's work in my life is more important than anything else. I'm not going to run from my pressure. I'm not going to run from my trouble. I'm going to break. I'm going to yield. I'm going to submit. Take out what you need to take out. Put me on any path, God. It it, it just may seem an odd twist and turn. But do what you got to do. I want to be ready And I want to get where you want me to go. Praise God. I feel the Lord so strong today. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Glory. Let's just talk to the Lord for a little bit. Hallelujah. 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 God, let me yield. Let me not resist evil, God. Hallelujah. Let me see the higher wisdom. Let me trust you, God. When I I can't see what all you're doing, let me trust your heart. Let me trust your heart. Let me trust your heart. Let me trust your heart, God. Let me trust you, God. I thought about this through the years, brother. I got I got quite a bit more preaching. I'm not just going to preach all day, but I got some more stuff to say. I thought about I thought about when Joseph I thought about when Joseph finally became prime minister. You know how many years it took him to become prime minister? 13 years. Now think about that. How could that man actually have got to that position any quicker? When he walked into Egypt, he was in chains. He didn't know their language. He didn't know their customs. He didn't know their culture. He didn't know anybody. He had never been there in his life. And in 13 years, he's the vice president, so to speak. Now, that's pretty fast, if you ask me. That's amazing. And so the trajectory of his life as he was walking through it, I mean, it's got its ups and downs, and he, he's dealing with all this. But I'm telling you, God got him there quicker and with more character than he could have had any other way. That's right. I'm just trying to tell you, don't ever doubt. God's going to get you where he wants to go, and he can get you there quicker, though it may not seem like it, than you imagine. You just stay on his trajectory. Because when God gets ready to turn it after he's tested you, it'll be just like that. I mean, somebody will just run into the prison and say, the king wants to talk to you. And it's over. Just like that. What I'm trying to tell you, God, through his plan, may bring you the hard way, but actually, he can get you there faster than you realized. It'll all be over one day. And in doing so, He will have forged a foundation of character, personal commitment, and devotion to the Lord rather than self that will enable you to do God's will. Does anybody doubt that God had something better for Job? I don't think anybody would doubt it. I mean, in the first place, in his first level of blessing, he's the greatest man in the East, the Bible says. But before it's over, he's got doubled what he had. But it wasn't before he lost almost everything he had. Sometimes we're blessed, but God wants us doubly blessed. And it's really hard. It's really hard to understand that he's going to test us sometimes before he does it. We're going to get severely tested. We're going to get tested in ways we never imagined. We're going to have thoughts, feelings, emotions, and questions that we never thought would come into our mind. Just read the book of Job. Wondering if it had been better if you had never been born. But if you'll keep your integrity, that's what Job said, I shall retain my integrity. And in those, Satan's hand was moved against and ultimately... God's hand was moved against Job in testing him. I can see God's hand being moved because God had a hedge. He had his hand of protection around Job, but he moved his hand back a little bit. What are we going to do when God moves his hand back and our world crumbles? Do we believe God's got another plan? When we're sitting there and we're scraping ourselves, sitting in ashes, I mean, Job goes from um, sitting in opulence as the greatest man of the East to sitting in ashes, scraping himself. He's a man that was sitting in the gate, but now he's sitting in ashes. He was a man that was giving answers to people's questions, but now he's questioned. He was a man that was revered, but now he's doubted. What do we do when God brings us through those places? scraping ourselves and all we got's questions we don't understand why thank God for faithful men like Job that will be true to God that can give encouragement to you and I God's got another plan we're blessed but he wants us doubly blessed it just don't make sense how he's going to use the path for us to walk from blessed to doubly blessed but when he gives us that double blessing, he has forged in us the character to handle it. We don't become proud and arrogant because he's taken out of us what he needed to take out of us so that we could be successful in that position when he gets us there. So I've talked to us about two examples. Number one, God has a better plan. We trust his trajectory when problems come. Number two, Satan is attacking Job. And through that, God's going to bring him to a double blessing. He gets tested. God has been in both of those men's decisions. But what do we do? What do we do and what does a person do that they mess up? Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 1 through 6. Let's read something here. Praise God. Is anybody receiving any help from the Lord today? Jeremiah 18, 1 through 6. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, what? Arise and go to the what? Potter's house. And there... I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he what? Wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was what? Marred in the hand of the potter. That word means decayed. It was brought to ruin. I mean, while he had his hand on it, it just, just go into pieces. It won't come together. You ever felt like you were that kind of person? God had his hand on you. It was working. It was coming together. And you became marred in the Lord's hand. We look at this in a very, very negative light. But I I want us to be true with the word this morning and look at this. The Bible said that the clay did become marred in the potter's hand. He had an original intent, so to speak, his initial vision. And the clay became marred and he wasn't able to make that initial vessel. Did he throw the clay away? No, the Bible said, so he made it again, another vessel. But I want you to notice these next words, as seemed what? Good to the potter to make. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter saith the lord behold as the clay is in the potter's hand so are ye in my hand o house of israel what what do you do if what does god do if if while he is working on you you just mess it up does god have another plan can God do something else? Is, 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 is God brought to his wits in? I mean, there's still clay there. He was working and, and that just didn't work out because the clay become marred. The individual fails. Does God just give up and throw the clay away? No. He made it another vessel, which seemed good. To him, I am not minimizing or talking lightly concerning stubbornness and hardness and our our refusal to let God work. But brothers and sisters, if we have made a mess in stubbornness and rebellion and not being pliable and letting God do what He wants to do with our life, it doesn't leave God without opportunities and potential. Let me just simply say it like this. God doesn't run out of plans. If you want to be saved and you want to be used of God, you can be saved and be used of God no matter what kind of mistakes you've made in life. Yeah, God's going to have to break that stubbornness and hard-heartedness out of you, and you're going to have to become pliable to become the second vessel, but you can learn from your mistakes. You can learn from your mistakes. And just because you got it wrong the first time doesn't mean God doesn't still have a good work he can do in your life. So your own personal mistakes can make it hard on the potter. But I'm going to tell you what. God doesn't ever run out of plans. God doesn't ever run. Don't ever think you've got God at his wits end. That he don't know what to do with you, that he don't see what you can do and how you can serve. I'm going to tell you, God's, God's a miracle worker. You just got to keep your life in the hands of God and whether there's stubbornness, say, get it out of me. God, and start working on me again. Get back on the altar. Don't, don't ever get off the stone of being formed. Oh, praise God. Is the Lord talking to anybody today? Hallelujah. Amen. Put yourself back on the altar. Listen, this example right here, this example that that we've read is is actually an illustration for us of how God uses a process. You know what? Uh, Jeremiah heard the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord told him what? Go down to the potter's house. So he has to get up. I don't know if it was four o'clock in the morning. I don't know if it's six o'clock in the morning. I don't know if it's in the middle of the day, but whatever it is, the, 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 the prophet has to get up and walk the distance to the Potiphar's house. When he gets there, all he knows is God told him to go to the Potiphar's house, and he's sitting there and he's just looking, he's watching. And when he, he noticed the potter's working on, and he just, while, he's, while the potter's working, God starts talking. Now, God could have told him all of that with him in his house. But no, sometimes God uses a process. And we just have to say i know your voice i trust you you know what you're doing i'm yours my life is not my own to you i belong i give myself i give myself to you and i felt very specifically that there is a word for people in this place this morning god's not at his wits end on what he can do with you as a vessel you may have messed it up one, two, three, four, five times. But if you'll just let him put his hands on you and you'll submit to it, he'll make something good out of your life. The, the potter wants to put you back together again. Why don't you just purpose this morning? All right, God. I'm ready to submit. Okay, God. I'm ready. Here's my heart. Here's my mind. Here's my soul. I wrecked it. Here it is, God. I'm back on the altar. And I believe. You got another plan. I do believe. I do believe. I hadn't blew it. I do believe there's something good you can do with me. I still believe you got a heart of blessing towards me. I'm ready to submit. I'm on the altar. Lay your hand on me one more time, I'll I'll submit. Lay your hand on me one more time, I'll be tender. Talk to me again, I'll be teachable, God. I'm listening, but I'm listening with a different heart this time. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. I'm not just listening with my ears. I'm listening with my heart. I'm yours, Lord. I'm broken. I'm yielded. I'm submitted. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God hadn't run out of plans. You can't mess up more than God's ability to come up with plans for your life you'll never bring God to his wits end with his plans. Don't you ever believe the lie of the devil? Don't even believe the the thoughts of your own mind that says, I'm just a wreck, I'm hopeless, I've just ruined it all, there's no hope for me. I don't care, I don't care how many times the potters had to start over again. He's never without a good thought and a good plan. He won't ever throw you in the trash heap. It'll be because you refuse. He won't ever do it. As long as you want to be something, he can make something out of you. Praise God. I'm getting close to the end. I'm getting close to the end here this morning. You still Can you receive some more? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, the Lord wants some people before this service is over today to put yourself on the altar again saying, God, I believe you still got a plan. I hadn't messed it up too much. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, God, I love you. God, I love you. Let it work in our hearts, Lord. Let it work in our spirit. Let's go let's go let's go beyond our personal failure. Let's go to divorce. Let's go to situations in life like let's let's say that God's will was you for you to to work on a certain job but there was a person that fired you or whatever. You just you thought it was God's will. I'm going to tell you there's people that that really can can get out of the will of God. You know and 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 not do the, 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 the perfect will of God that has authority and, and power over our lives. See, it's, it, I'm going to tell you, I can be honest with you and we can be straight because we, we've come to a day in our world and we've come to a day in the, the church world where too many believe that divorce is a real option with God. And I'm going to tell you, God hates divorce. That's what the Bible says. God never likes it. Never. And I want to tell you, God will always do everything in his power to preserve a marriage. If he's got to shake heaven and earth to make it happen, God will do it. But guess what? There's some people that are so stubborn and hard-hearted. Moses gave Bill a divorcement because of the hardness of people's hearts. So what I'm trying to tell you, there is people that will not do the will of God. So I want to keep it clear in this church, and while I have an opportunity to keep it clear, I am going to do it this morning. It is never the will of God for divorce and that God never wants it to happen. It happens. There's people that are evil and corrupt, whatever. They're stubborn. It just won't work. It happens. It is what it is. But God doesn't want it to happen. Is that all right? I need to stay longer. There's too many people even in the church that will counsel people to divorce too quick. They need to stay in the fire. And God will move heaven and earth and do whatever he's got to do if both of them will work at it to make it work. And I'm going to tell you, there's some people that will not let it work. What are you going to do? Is God left for your life To be in a wreck because somebody else wouldn't let God work? The devil will say, Well, your world's rocked. It's over. God had a plan. It's over. You think God is going to leave you without a plan? It may be another plan, it may be different than the original intent, but you don't ever need to doubt that God will use you just as much and even greater through that experience. God's not left without a plan. And people are not going to ultimately determine what you become in God. You keep your integrity with God. You keep walking with God. And I promise you, God will bring you to his place that he wants you to be and will use you in deeper and greater measures than you can imagine. You just got to be willing to walk the path. So when somebody else Affects the plan and the ultimate will of God for your life. Is it over? Does their mistakes mess you up forever? No way. God has another plan. He said, can I take you and make you as it seems good to me? God don't think less of you because you went through a divorce. Some people may, but God don't. And I pray God will get it out of this church's heart to be as critical as they are. But God still hates it. But we're going to love people. And we got to believe God's got another plan. God's not left Without plans. Nothing's too complicated for God. It's too complicated for us. But it's not so complicated for God that he can't use us all for his glory. Where sin did abound what? Grace does much more abound. I'm going to tell you God's grace is much, much, much greater than your biggest sin. God's got another plan. God's got another plan. And he's not going to let sin diminish his plan for your life. He will let grace be exalted. Hallelujah. I promise I got two more points. I'm almost there. Holy Ghost is talking today. Hallelujah. Are you listening? I believe you are. I believe you are. I think about the two, two men on the road to Emmaus, Luke 24, 13. Two men on the road to Emmaus, and as they walked down the road, they talked together of the things that had happened. Jesus had been crucified. And then they said that Jesus had risen from the grave, and what do we believe? And we had put our hope in Jesus, and we thought that Jesus was going to establish a kingdom, and we, we, just, we just gave our whole heart to Jesus. We just thought this was the Messiah. We had hope. The Bible said in verse 15, It came to pass that while they communed together in reason, that Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were held that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that ye have one to another as ye walk, and are what? Sad. Sad. And the one of them, whose name was Cleophas, answered and said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem? So here you can hear his sadness and his grief coming out. Art thou only a stranger in in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? And he said unto them, What things? They said unto him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since things. I'm just trying to show you the despondency that they were in. As they walked, they were, they were like, we had our own thoughts. We had our own opinions. This is the way we thought it was going to work. This is the way we thought it was going to happen. This was going to work out. This was, this was our opinion. We trusted. We hoped. We're sad. God hadn't let them down. Jesus was walking right there with them. It's just sometimes God is working in a way that just we don't get it. We can't because we're human. We trust Sometimes it doesn't make sense. It's easy for us to get forlorn, saying we hope, we trusted, we, we were believing, but now we, we're not sure, we feel hopeless, like it's all shattered and a mess. I thought God was going to do something with me. I thought God was going to do this by January 1st. I thought God was going to do this by February. I thought... Sometimes our thoughts wasn't right. But don't doubt. God's got a plan. And it's a lot better than we can imagine. And what we think sometimes a total loss, it's not a loss. It's just working. Jesus was not gone. He was right there. And so... Sometimes you think some situations and circumstances, relationships, are a total loss. It's not. It's not. It's not. In conclusion, one more verse of scripture. Thank you for hearing the word of the Lord. Esther. Esther chapter four, verse fourteen. Esther four fourteen. Remember, Esther was queen. There was a man plotting to kill all the Jews. The king didn't know she was a Jew. And her guardian in life, Mordecai, said, listen, don't you think just because you're king, you're, gonna, you're queen, you're going to be spared. This man is out to kill all the Jews and he's, he's going to get you. Notice this, he said, for if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews From another place, what's the next verse? But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? What I want to tell you, number one, is that when God brings us to a place, fulfills his plan in our lives, let's take full advantage of the opportunities that are afforded to us to work for him. Let us be bold and courageous like Esther and say, if I perish, I perish, but I'm going I'm to sense this purpose of me being brought to the kingdom is not just to be a queen, to be tat tat and, and, and be handed everything on a silver platter. No. This is, this is about preserving God's people. God, help us when we get there to be willing to be courageous for God's cause no matter what people think. But notice this. Go back to the first part of that. And this is the this is conclusion. Notice this. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. You have your opportunity, Esther. It's up to you. But the door of opportunity opens and closes fast. You're either going to walk through it or God's going to use somebody else. Because God's ultimate will does not hinge on one individual. God can have another plan. If you don't, somebody else will. But I don't want to miss my opportunity. God, if you're going to give me the opportunity, you're going to give me the privilege, Let let me be willing to walk through the door. Let me have the character when I get there. Let me not be a coward. Let me not be fearful and afraid. Get that all out of me before I get to that position. Because whatever it is that you want me to do, I want to be able to do it. Because if I don't do it, somebody else will. So in conclusion, also I want to tell you, don't miss your opportunity. Do it but also realize that God's will does not hinge upon one person. And so sometimes an individual's failure to do what they should do becomes an opportunity for you to fill the role. And so other people's lack of courage and willingness to step out can open the door for you to become a leader. Do the work of God. What I'm trying to do, God is trying to talk to us today about looking and realizing that God's never without a plan in all these situations. What are we going to do about this church? What are we going to do about this pastor? What are we going to do? This person failed. This person made a mistake. I'm going to tell you, if somebody don't step up and do what they should do, God will move them and he'll put somebody else in. What are we going to do about all these impure motives and why people, we don't worry about that. God has a way. God has a plan. God has a work. Whatever I can be, whatever I can do, I want to do it. I want to do it. Realize that if I don't, somebody else will. It's the will of God for me to be pastor of this church. But if I don't Accept this duty and responsibility. Guess what? You can have another pastor. God give you somebody else. But I'm going to do my job. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to fill my role. But also, I realize that sometimes when when other people's don't step up, God needs another person. I want to be willing. And realize that sometimes there's gonna be doors that open for me because somebody doesn't fill their place and their role. God's always got another plan. Would you stand with me? We just gotta stay focused on being what we should be and doing what we should do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah listen, listen to the words and then we're going to have a season of prayer. Forsaken by his brothers he didn't fit the scene. Being made a slave was not what Joseph dreamed. The coat of many colors was stained with blood and lies. But from this divine appointment a ruler would arise. When God has another plan, walk in and Just say yes. When God has another plan, be assured that he knows best. If all your dreams are shattered, rest in his sufficient grace. We don't have to understand when God has another plan. Alone and brokenhearted, questions fill your mind. Changes can be hard to come by God's design. But if you could see tomorrow with a view from heaven's throne, every unexpected struggle has led you closer home. When God has another plan, walk in and just say yes. When God has another plan, be assured that he knows best. If all your dreams are shattered, rest in his sufficient grace. We don't have to understand when God has another plan. Hallelujah. God's work has been very wide and vast and very deep today. He's spoken today and he has spoken of days to come. I wonder if there's anybody who wants to respond to this word and take it into your heart. Just feels a burden and a desire in your heart to have a season of prayer. I'm gonna open the doors for this. You can pray yourself. You can pray with your husband, your wife, with your brother or sister, you can pray with your with your friend. You can have, you can, if you want to pray for somebody, whatever you feel like you need to do in this moment, why don't you just put yourself in God's hand in a fresh way and say, I trust you. I accept the work of your will. I surrender. I'm yours for your glory. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God.